0: You are now listening to The Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of The Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 38. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. It is October 29th, 2016, Saturday evening. Uh, We're back at our hotel, but we just experienced our first day and first ever... um, Kamikaze, which is no longer, I guess, technically Kamikaze anymore, um, because they recently changed the official name of the event to LA Comic Con, which um, also has like the website link um, www.stanleyscomiccon.com or no stanleyscomiccon.com. Um, a lot of the stuff at the event still has like the old Kamikaze logos, but even the badges. Say, um, LA Comic Con or like Stan Lee's LA Comic Con now. Um, so, um, this was at the Los Angeles Convention Center. And, um, you know, we've been to numerous podcasts in the past. Um, or I say numerous podcasts, we've been to numerous conventions <laughs> in the past. And, um, I mean, we've gone from everything. Our, our, I mean, our very first convention ever was actually WonderCon in Anaheim. Um, but, uh, since then, we've gone to a bunch. We've been to WonderCon, uh, San Diego Comic Con. Been to Comic Con in uh, Phoenix. Been to the inaugural Silicon Valley Comic Con in San Jose. Um, Now, um, you know Stan Lee's uh, Los Angeles Comic Con and BlizzCon. uh, Just to name a couple off the top of our head. Um, So, uh, you know, this one we kind of have a good idea of. Obviously, what to expect, um, being that we've been to a bunch of them, and um, I would say that you know actually getting there, because um, we actually left um, we actually left town a little early to get into LA. Super um, early. Yeah, we want to make sure we got parking. Uh, it turns out there were you know several events that were taking place this same weekend. Um, there's one tomorrow that's um, supposedly gonna have downtown pretty busy, um, a couple of streets blocked off and, you know, may even result in, um, you know, difficulty in finding parking. So we're going to find ourselves in the same situation tomorrow. We're probably going to have to leave early just to make sure that we get, uh, you know, parking at the convention, um, at the convention center. So that's kind of why we left early. So when we got there, um, parking was relatively easy to find because we got there so early. Um, it was more or less easy enough to find uh, the check-in area in order to pick up our badges. Um, the line looked pretty long when we got there. Like, oh my god, we're gonna have to wait forever in this huge long line that's, uh, you know, kind of like run along the whole side of the convention. But, um, you know, really that was just because you know everybody's waiting to get into the the facility, but they're not officially like opening the doors until 9 a.m. And so we still had about 45 minutes to 50 minutes to wait. Um, But time went by, I guess, kind of fast, you know, just talking to, um, you know, random people on the line, uh, you know, passing time, like waiting to get on the convention floor. And it was funny because Amanda brought this up before we started the podcast is that, uh, I mean, it was just general small talk about this movie, have you seen this show, like what did you think of this, that, and whatever. Um, But at one point, um, we'd already uh, grabbed our press passes and, you know, made our way um, into the line, and we uh, grabbed the uh, programs um, for the event, and one of the people standing next to us was like, hey, who's the artist that, uh, you know, drew the photograph on the front of um, the program, and mind you, this is a photograph of Stanley sitting on a, like a bar stool, like a little Spider-Man, uh, you know, a little Spider-Man reference, kind of like a little um, hat in his back pocket, like a bunch of references to like different characters kind of hanging off. Um, like a, like an e- an easel, like with Thor and like Hulk's hand. And, you know,
1: it's that, um, who's that dude? Is it Norman Rockwell? Isn't he the one that did that painting? The one where he's drawing himself?
0: Uh, maybe, I'm not sure, but that's probably, that's probably the right reference. And so basically this is Stan Lee, doing, you know, a version of this, obviously, um, you know, with, you know, his little twist and, you know, it's got all these different, uh, you know, character references of, uh, you know, stuff that he's helped create. And so it's Stanley sitting on this barstool and he's, he's painting a picture. Like you can see that half of it is his face and he's like drawing like, like Batman ears on himself, but he's looking over at a mirror that obviously he's looking at himself to give himself reference on how to draw himself in this photo. And the dude looks over at us and he's like, hey so who's the artist? And I'm like, uh, well we're at Stan Lee's Comic Con and it's a picture of Stan Lee drawing a picture of Stan Lee with references it has his name on it. with references of things he's created and it has his name <laughs> on the uh, artwork so I'm pretty sure it's Stan Lee and he kind of like looks puzzled like he's like what like and he he's like well I didn't know Stan Lee was an artist like he's not an artist is he I didn't know he drew and I'm like yeah he does he's he is an artist I mean I guess he's he's not as well known for his artwork as he is for the fact that he's created these iconic characters, you know, through his own ideas, and things like that, but he's... I mean, by comparison to most fucking normal people, like, he's still you know, a very talented artist. So, um... Yeah. Yeah, he draws. <laughs> you know, he's just obviously not as good as, you know, somebody that's just a dedicated artist. You know, that that's what they do. I'm like, So, yeah. He draws. And... I think it was, I don't know, he's kind of looked at us still kind of, huh, well, okay. And I, to me, I mean, it's like you're at Stan Lee's kamikaze, like how would you not know that this dude draws, like that he's an artist?
1: <laughs> well, because he didn't have any interest in him. I mean, I, I guess you didn't hear the rest of his conversation with his family, but they were like, Yeah, we can go meet him. And he was like, Yeah, I don't care. Because <laughs> they were talking about how he's probably going to die soon and you're not going to have chances to meet Stanley very much.
0: Which is like our whole reason for wanting to meet him too, right? Yeah,
1: and he was just like, Yeah, there's plenty of other people I'd rather meet than him. He's like, I don't care.
0: Which is like crazy because I mean, he's responsible for so many hugely iconic characters in the Marvel universe. I mean, just like untold amount of you know characters that like everybody knows and loves. And I mean yeah, Stanley's getting older, but I mean he's still got a lot of kick in him. I mean he's involved in so many different things that's going on. Um, you know I think he's probably you know gonna be around for you know quite a while but I mean because he does keep himself busy. I mean I could see where if he was kind of like retired and you know just like you know trying to bask in the sun and like not really doing anything anymore. I think he'd be a lot more likely to, you know, keel over just like any normal person would. I mean, you keep busy, and obviously that's not going to happen. I mean, that kind of goes, I think, with any profession. And But, like, Stanley's a busy guy, and I think that, you know, he's going to be around for a while. But to me, it just doesn't make any sense that, like, you wouldn't want to meet him. Uh,
1: well, I mean, the thing is, too, is... That guy seemed a little up on himself. I mean he bought a digital print of something and then had it put stretched out on that canvas and it wasn't even that good of a print sorry to whoever that that artist was so
0: well and, and mean, he well and he was like really excited to get this guy to sign this piece of art it was um it was a uh it was leah princess leah from star, oh, obviously star wars um, and, and like, there's a also I think R two D two. She's like leaning against R two D two. I mean, it was a cool, it was a cool picture. But the thing is, is I, initially I was thinking that it was something that you know somebody had actually like painted themselves, you know, and so that it was like a one, you know, because he was like, oh, this is one of one, and I was like, oh, well, that's cool, you know, like oh, that's you know, fucking gonna be worth something at some point, I guess, even if the you know artist isn't that well known, just because it's the only one, and it looked pretty good. But the thing was, it was a digital print that he printed out himself and then put on canvas and was going to have this dude sign. So, I mean, I guess that's cool. Um, But, uh, no, I mean, to me, I was just like totally confused that somebody wouldn't want to meet Stan Lee. I mean, we've talked about this before about like, you know, how much is too much to meet somebody. And in general, we're not cool with like paying money to meet people. Um, I think the only time we've actually like paid money to meet somebody was like, to meet Peter Mayhew. I mean, obviously, if you don't know who he is, he uh, is Chewbacca. And so, I mean, to me, he's a big deal. I mean, fucking original Star Wars character. He played Chewbacca. Like, Peter Mayhew's a big deal. And it wasn't terribly expensive to meet him. I think it was like 45 bucks, which, I mean, is, to me, like a drop in the bucket. I mean, you can easily go to, like, a restaurant and pay, like, 40 bucks for whatever and then not have anything to show for it. And, like, you know, it's like, okay, instead of... You know, go and have a steak dinner. Let's just you know go eat McDonald's and go meet Peter Mayhew instead. So, um, that's what we did. Um, you know, but we don't make a habit of it. And that's the only person we've ever like paid money to meet. Everybody else has been, uh, you know, from just showing up to stuff or you know just by chance. But um, yeah, I think the only person that we'd ever discuss like, okay, if we had the opportunity to meet someone, so you know, who would you pay money to see? And it was like, well, you know, it'd probably be Stan Lee. I mean, but the thing is, is like. We couldn't even leave it to chance to, like, meet him or, like, you know, show up at a panel and then hope to get a photo with him. Because, what well, I understand he's won't, he won't take a photo with you. Like, he does always charge for photographs or autographs. And so, it's kind of like you're either going to pay money or you're just not going to meet him. So, it's not really a matter of choice as much as it is just, like, not being a cheap ass.
1: Oh, I think part of that is because he likes to guard himself, too, especially now that he's getting older. I hear he's kind of a germ-phobe. So, like, you have to keep your distance with him. Oh, right. Like, he... Part of the reason he does what he does is so he can regulate how people get around him. Well,
0: it makes sense. Well, you know what, though? I mean, which is actually kind of surprising. Um, And, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, we're we're not even on, like, the main topic of, like, getting into there and, you know, doing everything that we did. But at one point, we were walking the floor. Um, We were actually looking for this other booth. And, I mean, Stanley was moving. Like, he... Uh, he was walking over to um, this area where he was actually doing a lot of his, like, meet-and-greet photographs, autographs, and stuff. And at one point, we actually walked right by him. <laughs> like, it, it happened in, like, a snap. Like, before he knew it, like, he'd already walked by us. Like, I looked because uh, I, I heard somebody say, oh, shit, it's Stan Lee. And I look over, and sure as fucking hell, it was Stan Lee walked right past us. I mean, right to my left. But, I mean, he went by, like, in a zip. Like, I didn't have time to even, like, go from my pocket and, like, you know, pull out my phone to, like, snap a, you know, snap a quick picture of him or, you know, turn around and try to get, like, a little selfie as he walked by. Um, you know, there were... It was funny is, like, there wasn't even security clearing a path for him. Like, he was just, like, soldiering on. People were getting the fuck out of his way. He had some, like, escorts that were right behind him, but, you know, they probably would have been like, hey, get the fuck away from him, uh, you know, if you tried to approach him as he was getting where he was going, but... Um, I think
1: that's when he was going to the. The book signing for the kids.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it might have been around that time because, yeah, and we're kind of getting ahead of our um, show. But it was it was cool. I was like, damn. I was like, would have been cool to meet him. Um, we didn't meet him today. Um, so.
1: Well, and even if you try to do a sneaky picture, you know how they get when yeah. you try to do that. I mean, his whole area is, is blocked off by curtains. It always is when you sign. So if you had tried to sneak it, they probably would have made you delete it. Because of the whole charging thing, or make you pay for it.
0: Right. Well, you know, and, and I mean, it's not like we have to be surprised. I mean, we've been to other conventions where Stan Lee's shown up, and obviously, you have to, you know, you, you do have to pay for an autograph or a photograph of Stan Lee when, um, you know, you go to a convention and you want to meet him. Um, you know, a perfect example would be when we were at uh, the inaugural San Jose um, uh, Silicon Valley Comic Con in San Jose, and um, for that one, uh, there was a whole, like, little section where, I mean, there were a ton of curtains that were security guards, like, posted up along, like, every corner of that place to make sure that there was absolutely zero way that you were going to be able to, like, sneak a photo. Like, it even, like, guarded all around the curtains just for, like, people that were like, oh, yeah, you know, just in case somebody's going to, like, put their phone on, like, a 12-foot selfie stick and try to, like, sneak one over the top, like, they had everything covered
1: they're doing that there too
0: yeah I bet in his,
1: in his section because they had that whole that whole corner backed off
0: mm-hmm. it was all
1: the black curtains and they had a ton of people over there doing the same thing you can not get close
0: yeah which again is to our point don't be a cheap ass just save the money don't go have that steak dinner just you know make make the effort and just go meet Stan because I mean it's Stan Lee why wouldn't you want to meet him you have a photograph to say that you met, like, one of the creative geniuses of our time that helped create the Marvel Universe. So, um, to kind of uh, get off of, like, why we want to meet Stan Lee and why we're, you know, all the, all the Stan Lee um, information, we hope to uh, meet Stan Lee tomorrow, so uh, we shall see. Um, but to get to the, um, the meat of the podcast... Um, we got in there, um, we walked around the floor a little bit, and, you know, it was, it was pretty cool, I mean, there was a, I mean, there were, there were a bunch of good booths, I mean, uh, you know, like, comparing it to another convention, I mean, it's pretty much what, would, what you would expect, um, I mean, it's about the size of WonderCon, uh, you know, pretty much, like, the main thing there at the, at the convention was the, um, hot topic, like main stage, which is where they had like a lot of uh, big, big shows. I think it was probably on the, on I uh, I can't think of what direction that side of the building was, but like, as you entered, it was off to the right and it's where like Stanley did his presentations where they eventually had Luke Cage talk about season one. Comic book men showed up there. Um, there were. A bunch of different people that were on that main stage, but uh, we didn't really want. It wasn't that we necessarily didn't want to see any of those shows or presentations, because there was like plenty of cool stuff that was taking place on the main stage. But our thing was is like we just didn't want to have to, you know, show up like an hour and a half early to, you know, see this one presentation on the main stage. You know, and we can go have fun like doing other stuff. So um, we didn't really. Hang out uh, on the main stage I mean most people didn't even leave They pretty much just sat there all day um, So After we walked around just for a tiny bit We actually tried to go Is um, one of our first priorities Just so that uh, you know Certain shirts didn't sign out Because usually the first thing that always fucking sells out Doesn't matter what convention you go to Is everybody wants that uh, Everybody wants that uh, um, Convention exclusive shirt and so we made our way over to the merchandising area. Unfortunately, when we got there, we didn't bring any cash. We were gonna, we planned on doing everything with our card, which, I mean, I guess is kind of a rookie mistake because inevitably you always need cash at some point going to convention. Um, and so when we showed up at the merchandising booth, it was cash only, which was kind of crappy. So we're like, oh, shit. Uh, you know, she wanted um, the uh, – there were two different versions of the shirt. There was a version of the shirt that looks like a, it looks like a young – looking stanley or it looks like a kid that's like dressing up as stanley and kind of a like a pokemon themed uh it's you know
1: supposed to be ash
0: it well so it's stanley dressing up as ash i thought it was it's like fine. ash dressing up as stanley i mean i guess it could be either way but pretty much it was a pokemon themed you know stanley uh you know la comic-con shirt and there were two versions there was one that had like uh like black sleeves with black collar, and then it was white, kind of like a baseball style a baseball um, t-shirt. Team. And then the um, the second one was like an all gray um, tee with uh, the same like photographic logo. Which I was gonna go for the gray one, and she was gonna get the baseball tee. But we couldn't buy them because we didn't have any cash. So we're like, yeah, you know, we'll come back later because the people were like, well, you know, we're probably gonna get some change, and we might also get like a card reader. So we're like, all right, so. Uh, We make our way over to a panel that was getting ready to go uh, at 10 o'clock in room 306 AB, and the name of the panel was Feminism, the New F Word in Geek Culture. Um, The the little uh, headline um, that's in the um, program is, we're getting a Wonder Woman movie, Ray is in the Monopoly set now, and Gamergate has been over for a long time. So, what's Uh, what is the state of women in geekdom now join our guests for a lively discussion and the participants are nadia g the saska sisters there were actually two or three other women that were on that panel um they had introduced themselves but they're not actually listed as participants in the program we didn't write down their names and unfortunately um which kind of sucks and you know kind of annoys us a little bit when we go to conventions that do this is when they have participants that actually show up at uh you know, to do a panel that, like, they don't at least have, like, some little, like, paper, you know, foldy plaque, you know, that has their name printed on the front so that, like, you know who the hell they are. Or so that, like, when you're taking a picture of the panel as they're presenting, you can just refer to your photograph of, like, oh, yeah, that person is this person, um, I don't know, just for future reference. But they didn't, uh, you know, have those those names up there for any of the panels, by the way, so that I don't keep beating a dead horse. Um. But uh, I don't know. I mean, did you want to go off a little bit on the panel? Uh, the thing was, it was actually my idea to go to this panel. You're probably thinking, "Oh yeah, there's a show with a guy and, and a girl," so you would think the girl wanted to go to the feminism one.
1: You chose it because you wanted to make fun of it.
0: No. Okay. For, uh The thing is, is I'm an open I'm an open minded individual. Like I've read, I've read, um, you know, books, uh, non fiction books. Like like I'm a I'm a registered Republican even though I'd probably consider myself to be like an independent. I'll pretty much vote like for whoever's smarter or whatever makes sense. I'm not like a party line type person. Not to get political on the podcast, but I'm just saying like in general, I'm going to vote for like what's best for, you know, me slash the country or whatever. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with like, you know, if that was like a really like good part, you know, Green Party candidate that actually made sense, like I'd probably vote for them. But what I'm what I'm saying is that...
1: So remember that part in 10 Things I Hate About You when Heath Ledger sneaks up on Julia Stiles in the bookstore and he goes, do you know where I can find the feminine mystique? I seem to have misplaced my copy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do remember that.
1: That's kind of where you, what you sound like right now when you're like, I read all kinds of books.
0: Oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I'm just saying is that like I'm, I'm going in, I'm going into this panel... To be like, okay, I, I've, you know, I've never really gone to like a bunch of feminist shit, but I'm going to go to this panel and see what their side of this whole thing is. Because a lot of times, you know, when people talk about feminism, people talk a fuckload of shit about feminists in general, you know, how they're dude bashers, or they're this or they're that, and how feminism has kind of lost its way in like what the, like, you know, what feminism was and like how it's changed so much that like... Even people, you know, even women kind of separate themselves from feminism now because when you're, you kind of allot yourself with people that identify as a feminist, like people don't even want to associate themselves with it. So I'm thinking, okay, well, this has to do with feminism and pop culture, them, whatever. But maybe these women that are doing this panel aren't those feminists, right? So I'm thinking, well, let's just see what's up with it. Why not? I mean, to be honest... That was kinda of slim pickings for ten AM shows and this one just seemed like it would be the most interesting. Did I go in there thinking that it could be funny? Abs fucking Luly. So we go there and I mean did you wanna talk a little bit about the panel, like your observations and all that stuff like that before we bounce back over to me?
1: So feminism.
0: <laughs> you should see her face like this would be perfect for like a fucking YouTube channel, but we're not gonna do that. <laughs> it's
1: not my thing. Feminism then was equally as dumb as it is now. Yeah, I said dumb because a lot of ladies don't use it for equality. They use it as an excuse to be man haters in my experience, or they want to use it as an excuse to be big old slept bags, or whatever. Whatever. It's not, oh, we want to be equal. So, in this panel, the girls seem nice. I mean, I'm not going to say that they didn't seem nice, because they were. I mean, and obviously, they're all famous in their own ways, so it's not like they can't be likable, and...
0: Well, and I have nothing negative to say about them either. Like, I don't I don't have any negative connotation to say about any of the women that were on that panel. I think most of them were pretty intelligent, and most of them had somewhat relevant points to the stuff that they were talking about, but to an extent. Like, I wouldn't say that all of them were absolutely right. I wouldn't even say that some of them were absolutely wrong. I would just say there were certain things that they said that I disagreed with. But, yeah, I mean, to your point, yeah, I mean, in, in general, I don't have anything negative to say about any of the women on it. continue yeah
1: you, you <laughs> knocked me off my train of thought because you interrupted
0: oh okay sorry <laughs> i don't know you were okay. saying you were saying that you didn't necessarily disagree with them or have anything bad to say no
1: it's my thing is people are also really sensitive today nowadays in general and i think some of the things that they were talking about they are overly sensitive now, the comments they get about people wanting to rape and murder them, I don't agree with. I don't think that's fair. And it's true. If they were, if they were men, they wouldn't be getting those comments. Ladies wouldn't be like, I want to rape your face off or whatever. They wouldn't be getting that.
0: But some of those ladies said that there are women that do that. It's just not in huge numbers. They,
1: they do it in a different way. Women will come at them, and if they said this, with, you're ugly, you're fat, you don't deserve this, I hope you die in a train wreck because you're dating this man. That's what ladies do. Mm-hmm. They don't say, I want to rape you and then slit your throat and watch you bleed out in my basement like guys do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's different.
0: Well, yeah, that is, like, very different.
1: So it's different, which is what what their point was, but... It would.
0: There were some generalizations made by some panelists.
1: Yes, there were. And one of the things I didn't agree with was one in particular who likes to take her comments and then find out who said them and then email them out to his friends and family.
0: Which is doxing.
1: Because she was a victim of that herself during the whole Gamergate deal. And to me... If you don't want your personal information out there, why would you do that to somebody else?
0: Which she acknowledged by saying, Oh, well I do realize that like this isn't necessarily right, but you know, it can be it can be a sword that cuts both ways. Like, if you don't want your information out there, then don't fucking make the comment.
1: Now, the twins I kinda go more with what they do. If somebody makes a comment to them they use their they use their fan base. To an extent because I've said before with Trade Chat that she does it on her Twitter and it bugs the shit out of me. If someone disagrees with her, she'll put it up there and let her followers go to town. But that's different because that's a differing of opinion. That's not somebody's horrible comment. And I know other cosplayers and things that do that too on their Instagram. They'll take somebody's comment and then they'll make it a post and... Usually they'll Which respond to it.
0: kind of like an abuse of power to an extent because, like...
1: It is. These
0: girls are talking about, okay, well, we, we, we throw this guy to the dogs, i.e. our followers, and then they'll kind of take care of it, um, you know, for me so that I don't have to go as far as, like, doxing or something like that. Whereas you're talking about other users that also use their fan base, but they're using it for every single little thing where, some, you know, somebody says, I like you know, fucking mint chocolate chip ice cream with a cherry on top, and somebody's all, eh, mint chocolate chip ice cream's kind of lame. I like Oreo. And somebody's like, oh, uh, what the fuck? Like, you're you're disagreeing with me? You're not kissing my ass because I said I like this? Look what this dude said. Exactly. So that everybody can go off on that guy. And you have mentioned that before about that girl trade chat. And, you know, to me, that is kind of bullshit because... It's not a big deal to just have somebody that generally disagrees with you on something or doesn't like something that you like. I follow certain celebrities like Felicia Day or others that I don't necessarily agree with their I don't necessarily agree with her politics, who she chooses to vote for, what vid- you know, sometimes what videos she shares or any of those things, but you know what? I still like her as an actor. I still like some of the stuff that she does. I still think she's good looking, and I'm not gonna go on a post. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna post on her post, talking shit about something I don't like or whatever. I'm just not gonna post it. But you know, even if I did disagree with something, guess what? I'm pretty sure that Felicia Day is not gonna be a, a huge mega bitch, and be like, oh, look what somebody said, because she's a fucking good person, you know. And to me, it's like you're not really being a good person if you're trying to shit on every person that just has some difference of opinion with you. Like, you know, all of your followers aren't always going to agree with everything you have to say. And to me, it seems like you're like going a little too far if you're always doing that with people.
1: Right. So, for that, I don't know. I mean, if someone sees it in your comments and they want to do it on their own fine maybe posting about it all the time not so fine and i definitely don't agree with going after that person i mean if they continually harass you then yeah legally you should go after them not still not let me go send it to your employer your mom your wife your
0: kids and that was the uh that was the band girl i can't remember her name she was like the lead singer of uh, what was it, the Menstruators? The
1: menstruators, which, which a good band. Actually,
0: they weren't half bad.
1: <laughs> they I were was good.
0: Yeah, actually, they, they were they were pretty decent. I'm not going to talk shit. They were they were pretty good. She actually, I mean, in general, the the whole band did a pretty good job. Um, but no, yeah, she you know she's yeah just fucking doxing people and sharing it with everybody. And she's like, if you're going to post this, then you're going to live with the fucking consequences. You know, I mean, to a certain extent, I do agree with that. Because nowadays, I mean, the internet is becoming a more public place where your anonymity is slowly slipping away and people are able to find out everything about you and if you yes,
1: they will find you. Yeah,
0: I mean you're you're putting shit out there that's gonna live on the internet forever. Screenshots, all that stuff, you can't just fucking delete. I mean people twit you know, people tweet something on Twitter and they fucking delete it, you know, within thirty seconds but somebody screenshot it already. And that's it, Donald you know?
1: it's So, I mean, we well, fuck
0: anybody for that matter, you know? So it's just one of those things where you better be fucking certain, you know, what it is you're putting out there that you're willing to get behind, you know? Because if somebody calls you to the carpet about something that you post, you're going to have to fucking defend that. You can't just go around fucking using, you know, loose, you know, in-words and all that kind of shit and then be like, oh, I fucking love black people, my best friend's black or something like that. That doesn't matter. Like, you can't fucking go around, like, Saying that kind of shit, like you really, um, you know, you really have to think twice. And and it, I mean, and I'm overgeneralizing it too, because I'm talking about just like generally being politically incorrect, you know, that can get you called to the carpet by people. But we're talking about fucking sick individuals that are getting on people's fucking, uh, you know, photos and, you know, talking about you know calling women, uh, you know, fucking cum buckets and that they should have been like you know. Covered in semen and oh, you know I you know I want to fucking slit your throat and like you know fucking t- you know keep you as a prisoner in my fucking basement and you know torture you and all that kind of shit like that you know for the for the extremes these women are saying that uh, you know they go to to kind of mitigate those individuals I I, I understand you know because that's not trolling like that's fucking yes. sick like it's like, Yeah, it's, like, well, it's well beyond trolling. Like, that's, there's a difference between trolling. I mean, if you're just saying mean shit to people, I mean, they, you know, some of the stuff they brought up, um, you know, I will admit, there were, like, one or two comments that they read. I was trying to, like, have my, like, you know, best feminist face on, like, when they read all the comments, like, oh, my God, that's so terrible. But there were, like, one or two of them where, they're like, I think it, one of them was, like, the Um, like she was like, you know, oh, I'm supposed to get covered in slime for like this children's charity or something like that. And then, like, somebody was like, oh, it would have been totally cooler and made a lot more money, like, if it would have been a cum bucket or something. And I, you know, for something like that, she
1: already had his load, (laughs)
0: like,
1: it was gross. (laughs) It was gross, that's gross because it was gross, it
0: it was gross, and it was for a children's charity. Probably not the most appropriate form to be posting something about, like. You know, raising money for kids that, like, you know, have health issues or whatever the circumstances were. You no, know, certainly not appropriate, but just, like, hearing it, I was just, like, oh, my God. Like, that is fucking... Like, like I thought la-
1: that he should say to his friends, not post it on a <laughs> video. Like,
0: what? Right. Like, I laughed. Like, wow. You know, like, I can't believe that got posted. But, I'm, you know, I don't necessarily condone it. I just I just laughed because I'm just, like, wow, like, some dude fucking posted that. And then, you know... Could you imagine like if, no if, filter if, there. Yeah, like if it was to that woman and then like she fucking doxxed him and said, hey, this is what your husband fucking said on my photo. And hey, look, you know, do you see this comment, you know, sending it to his mom or something? You know, could you imagine like trying to defend your comment like that to your mom or your grandma or somebody like who, you know, would see that? How are you going to defend that? Oh, oh, grandma, I was just joking. Like, you know. Everybody, you know, wonders, you know, what a bucket of cum will look like on a, on a girl who's trying to raise money for a children's charity, right? You yeah.
1: Defend it. You'd be like, yeah, I said it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean they, they,
0: they made a lot of good points, and, and so to, I mean, the thing is, is one of the one of the women, you know, kind of did make an overgeneralization, which to me kind of annoyed me. And the thing is, is like. I was kind of hoping for some sort of open discussion or, like, you know, taking questions from the audience, but you really didn't get that. I mean, they were able to, you know, kind of talk about it. I mean, it may have been a good thing that they didn't ask for questions because maybe you weren't going to get everybody in the audience who is pro-feminism. You might get some trolls, and so that's probably why they talked amongst themselves and then did the did the band music because it's almost like talking about politics. You might get somebody in there that's going to be a dick, but... Um, one of the uh one of the general comments that was made is that like oh 90% over 90% of the, these kind of issues that come up is because of men, you know and the, you know they're the problem because they're the ones that are always doing this. And so this other woman was like, well, you know it's not necessarily about men because women do it too, which is what I'm thinking. like the thing is is you're not addressing a problem by saying, oh 90% of men do it. So let's just be mad at guys because guys are the ones that do it, even if they are the ones that are making all the bad comments, nasty comments, fucking like you know, sick, violent comments that almost come off as like creepish, violent, stalkerish kind of shit, you like know. Go but
1: see a psychiatrist help.
0: Yeah, you know. But the thing is, is like you know, there are some women that also make some fucking nasty comments and those kind of things. The point is, and what I did totally agree with when this other woman kind of like. Counter her argument is that it doesn't necessarily matter if it's 90% of men that do it. There are women that do it too. And it's not necessarily men that should be focused on necessarily. It's the act. We want everybody to stop doing that. Not just men, women as well. Focusing on men doesn't keep women from doing it. It's not okay for a woman to do it. It's not okay for a fucking dude to, to do that, which is the, you know the point. Uh, You know, I kind of thought that, you know, when that girl said that, that there was kind of, you can kind of almost see some eyes kind of widen in the panel, like seriously, you know, like, because it's like, oh, I mean, not to disagree. Yeah, I'm sure fucking men are like, you know, predominantly the ones that say that violent kind of shit. But she had a point and I think it was a really good point. And, you know, I think that, you know, the overgeneralization of men doesn't necessarily matter. It's just that, you know, people in general should just not do it. Men or women.
1: Well, like I said, feminism doesn't equal equality as much as I like to say it does. It's not what it's for. It's just an excuse, like so many other things in life, to put a label on something and to say you want to be equal, but it's not. It's just an excuse to complain. You can't change things if you're not willing to look at both sides, and that's that's just how things are, and that's just one more movement that doesn't want to see it that way, so...
0: Yeah, so... But it was
1: a very good panel. I mean, they were nice girls. They are energetic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't boring. It, it was very interesting to see what they thought about it.
0: I was actually surprised I, I was... I just ...as interested in it as I was.
1: <laughs> I just thought they were going to be talking more about the roles of ladies in...
0: Well, the generally, it was a lot about, like, bitching culture. about comments that they've had and...
1: Well, that's all it was that about. ...that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that they would focus more on other stuff, too, but... I mean, in general, it was still engaging, and it still made some good points. Um, You know, they probably could have done more with it, but they did what they did, and it it wasn't terrible. So, Nope, it was good. So, um, after we left that panel, which ended uh, probably just around um, before 11 o'clock, we ended up going to uh, Funimation Favorites, which um, started at 11 and was actually just down the hall in, like, room 304, A, B, and C, A little bit bigger of a room, and um, basically, in the program, it says, Join the Funimation staff as we take a look at some of our personal favorites from current anime and past classics. What's your Funimation favorite? Share it with us by using the hashtag FunimationFave, and you could win a prize. And so, when it says Funimation staff, it actually means one lady. (laughs) This lady basically picked like some of her favorites, Um, you know, trailers that were old, um, you know, some trailers that were coming soon. And, uh, you know, there were some interesting um, animes that I'd never heard of that actually seemed um, pretty interesting. There were others that just weren't my cup of tea. They looked, like, super boring or very girly. Um, But uh, there was that one that was supposed to be, like, coming soon. It was coming this Tuesday. What was it called? Like, Overlord? Yes. Overlord looks fucking cool. And what's neat is that this particular anime is, like, based on, like, you know, you're trapped in a game kind of thing. Um, you know, with, like, other players you might not necessarily want to be trapped in the game with. Which is totally cool because, like, two of my favorite animes are Sword Art Online. Which, if you haven't heard of that one, like, you're probably not into anime. Um, but Sword Art Online, Sword Art Online 2. And then one that's, uh, a little bit similar as well is Log Horizon. Um, also very cool. So I'm really excited to see this show. Um, and that actually does release, uh, this coming Tuesday... So, I'm definitely going to check it out. That one looked cool. Um, there were one or two others that also seemed pretty interesting, but I didn't jot down the names. Um, and I didn't have time to take a bunch of photos of all the different trailers that she had shown, because I want to say there were at least 12. there was a lot. Yeah, there were, because there were, I mean, they were all a couple of minutes apiece. Um, was there anything that stuck out with you um, from the, uh, the first Funimation uh, panel?
1: the vampire
0: one oh do you remember the title of that one god dang mm. it yeah
1: All i want to say it's like sarah sarah i don't know i don't remember i would know if i saw the box
0: yeah i mean i, I probably <laughs> would too that one actually did seem pretty interesting um gosh i'm trying to think like it had something to do with like there's humans, and then there's, like... They're, they're in a war with, like, these vampires, and... It sounded like they had some sort of, like, nobility title or something like that. Like, I think it had to do... Uh, like, they were... Gosh, damn it. I, I... I totally... I totally can't think of the, uh... The whole premise of it, so... Anyway, she can't remember the title, but I know what she's talking about. It did look pretty cool. Like I said, unfortunately, I didn't write down a whole lot of notes... Um, From all the different panels... um, that, uh, Or not the different panels... But the different trailers... That this lady um, had displayed... But definitely the one that stood out for me... Was Overlord... Um, So... uh, what was neat about it... And I wasn't actually that familiar with Funimation... It was just like... Oh you know... This one seems like the most interesting... uh, You know... Panels that's taking place... Like you know... Right after the... uh, Feminism panel had ended... And so... I was like, let's just go take a look at this. They're going to be showing a bunch of anime trailers. I like anime, so let's check it out. And so when we went and checked it out, um, we were like, okay, uh, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of stuff here that's pretty neat. What I was most surprised with, though, is that Funimation, the anime that they have, it's the act- all the stuff that they carry on their Funimation site, actually does. they actually put it in English dub. So, like, when they get it from Japan, they actually dub them over so that, you know, it's one less thing you have to do when you're when you're uh, watching your anime, not having to read all the subtitles. Which, I know for me, that would be awesome because uh, for Sword Art Online, they had an English dub, which was cool. And then, um, you know, then you went to Sword Art Online 2, and with Sword Art Online 2, I could not find... Sword Art Online 2 with an English dub. It was only in subtitles only. I still watched it and I still enjoyed it. But um would have been cool if it was an English if it was a, it had English dub on it. And so um what basically what she was saying is that you know all of their shows have have the dub, which is pretty awesome. And I think their premium sign up is like 5.99 um for their premium service for uh, streaming their shows, which they have an app um, that uh, isn't rated quite as good as Crunchyroll's is um, mm-hmm. by any stretch. But I don't know. I mean, it could just be people that are pissed off that like they pushed some update that wasn't working very good. It's usually how it works. So um, I mean, but the app worked for us. I mean, I signed up um, through the app and um, did a free trial because at the time she was like, "Okay, if you signed up for the if you sign up for the trial." You know, you get 30 days free. You can see if you like it, you know, cancel it before, you know, they charge you for it. And then if you go down to like booth 215, which is where the, one of the Funimation booths is, they had another one at like 20, 30 something. Um, you know, if you go to this other booth, uh, you know, and you show them that, you, you show that you signed up, they would give you um, this cool shirt. It just so happened that the fucking cool shirt was purple. I can't think of a time where I wore purple. Except for when I was in high school and our colors were fucking purple and gold. But, I mean, well, that God, was...
1: She said it was purple in the panel. It
0: was like 15 years ago and I wasn't paying attention. All I heard was free shirt. I was like, what? Free shirt?
1: Their color is purple. The company's color is purple.
0: Why can't their fucking company colors be black with purple? That'd be cool.
1: Because it's not.
0: Well, I disagree. It should be purple. With, well, black with purple.
1: Well, go tell them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyways, I was just like, oh, yeah, cool shirt. Sure. I didn't even pay attention to the fact that it was purple. I got the purple shirt and I was like, fuck. I'm like, I'm never going to wear this. But maybe I will. Um, anyways, it was a free fucking shirt, so I guess I can't complain too much. Uh, so, um, had fun in that panel. And then we moved on to another panel, which we're like, okay, cool, you know, because um, we usually go to this type of panel um, whenever we go to a convention. And it was Trailer Park 2.0, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It was at mm-hmm. 12 noon, and it was in room 306AB. Now, the, the, the listing basically says, we'll be screening some of the newest and most anticipated trailers from upcoming movies, TV series, and discussing them, joining the panel, nationally known writers, critics, and, and industry professionals as they react to and comment on our thoughts from each trailer. The participants were supposed to be Thomas Farum Meredith Placco and Carly Baker with moderator Bill Waters. None of them were there. It no. was two other dudes. One guy was a doctor Both who was eight. Well, if I can list them off, one guy was a doctor who's from. Uh, he was a professor at uh, like National University, and I guess his like doctorate was in like cinematography or something like that. And then. The other guy, I want to say, was also probably from the same university, also a doctor, also related to film, but also was, like, um, a professional critic. Like, he was a critic for some place, like, some place official. I don't recall which one, because, again, it wasn't writing down notes, and they didn't have their little fucking name tags on the table. I said I wasn't going to be to the dead horse, but I'll mention it again. So... Um, we haven't had good luck with these panels. Whenever we've gone to these panels, it always seems like there's somebody that's either unprepared, like they knew that the day was coming, that they would probably have some sort of compelling comments related to the trailer, and, you know, it'd probably have something good to say, bad to say, you know, something more than, oh, it looks good, let's see what happens. But, like, that was like 75% of the comments Oh, it looks good. Like, I don't know how to feel about it. I guess we'll just wait and see. It's like anybody can say that about a fucking trailer. Like, people don't want to sit through, like, a whole panel, which, shame on us, we did, sit through a whole fucking panel with a bunch of guys. I mean, these guys are fucking educated dudes. They have degrees that have a focus in this at least, and you would think they'd be more insightful you know, about, like, some of the stuff that they're watching. I mean, I, I understand they can only be so insightful, you know, about certain trailers. Some trailers don't give very much. But just, I don't know, something more than, oh, looks good, don't know how I feel about it. We'll see what happens.
1: Better than I can't even.
0: Well, yeah. In San Jose, when we were at Silicon Valley Comic Con, there were, these people, Um, they seem to be, like, kind of... Last-minute picks, too. Um, You know, people that had to, you know, replace other people that didn't show up. It seems like that's a common theme with these fucking panels. I mean, not just... Not just... I mean, not that this has anything to do with, like, Stanley's kamikaze planning. I mean, obviously, if they book somebody and somebody can't make it, they really don't have any... I mean, they can't not make that happen. You know, They
1: can't even.
0: (laughs) You know, if people say they're going to fucking show up and they expect them to show up and, you know, if they have to find last-minute people because these other people are flakes... Then, you know, they do what they got to do. And so these people showed up, and it was pretty much not prepared very well. And Amanda actually made a great observation that I didn't notice when they were playing all of these panels. But this dude was trying to play um, – or this at one point, um, this, this uh, panelist was trying to play this trailer for uh, Wonder Woman. And it couldn't play because he didn't have internet connection, and it needed the internet connection to play. He couldn't download it. What Amanda noticed – was that all of these movies had a timestamp of six a.m., where he had obviously downloaded all of these fucking movies like within a small window of time this morning? Because
1: that's when Starbucks opens.
0: So, you know, he, you know, basically, he probably got the call like super late or even super early in the morning to you know come and you know fill in, and so you know last minute downloaded all these trailers. Um, which I mean maybe It's probably why They didn't have As much to say Or something I don't know But um, At this point Like and I joked With Amanda about this I'm like you know what We should go to A fucking convention And like Sign up To Be panelists For a trailer park 2.0 panel So that uh, You know We can give our insight Like to some of these trailers Cause like There's some times Where I can watch A fucking two minute trailer And like have a Fuck of a lot to say About it and it just seems like, you know, people that sign up for these panels, like, I don't know if they're signing up for them just so that they can, like, get in for free, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I gotta go. Um, or whatever the case may be, but I just think I could do a better job sometimes. Um, whether Amanda would actually want to sign up and be sitting in front of all those people when we talk about movies, I don't know. She I don't know if she'd be down for that.
1: Because I can't even. <laughs> I just
0: can't I don't know I mean you probably could I think you probably could I think you just like ran with people so I'll wear
1: a mask
0: <laughs> you you wore like a mystery mask it be like a fucking ball or like a little, little mysterious little fucking thing with a little stick on the end like a masquerade i could
1: wear a, a black sensor bar <laughs> across my <laughs> black eyes black sensor
0: bar or sunglasses
1: yeah those would be awesome
0: Actually, the scenes that people wear them actually looks pretty legit. Um,
1: I have some for my Tomo. Oh, you do? Yeah, my little me.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, he played trailers and everything. That, I mean, a lot of shit that we've already talked about. Um, Iron Fist. Uh, he tried to play something from Wonder Woman. Uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, the Passenger movie. Um, shit, what else? There was some other Marvel...
1: Mm, that show for fx that marvel's doing
0: uh the one about professor x's uh son like step half son like legion uh, logan logan and guardians
1: of the galaxy yeah
0: guardians of the galaxy too and so like they were trying to get comments from people in the audience but like zero people were engaging like because the those
1: most guys were boring yeah, i
0: mean there was nothing to bounce off of them like they're just kind of like oh yeah well i don't know if i want to see this uh does anybody have any comments <laughs> you're like, uh...
1: Baby Groot is cute, next.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, like, the most insightful person in the whole fucking room was, like, some seven-year-old kid. Who yeah. actually had, like, better comments than the fucking panelists. Even the panelists were like, oh, uh, yeah, you're actually pretty smart kid.
1: He's like, uh, yeah, one of my students said that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And this is a fucking co- this is a college class, and there was, like, some seven-year-old that came up with the same comment. So, I don't know. Um disappointed in that panel um this panel actually made the other panel that we thought was shitty look pretty good <laughs> to a point so i don't know probably next time we talk about a fucking uh trailer park uh, 2.0 trailer review panel we might be the ones hosting that bullshit because tired of showing up to what could be a good panel and it being shite So, um, after this time, we decided to go down to the main hall, check out some stuff. We wanted to go to that uh, um, Space 215 um, to go check out um, the Funimation booth to get our sweet-ass purple shirts on. You know, show that we signed up for the, the subscriptions, and guess what? We walked up and down the fucking aisles twice, up, down, left, right, side to side, we could not fucking find this booth. Like it was. They didn't
1: label it.
0: Yeah. Well, it was really hard finding the booth because some some people had printed out like the name of like whatever company you know that was in that spot, and some of them had their their panel space number, and then some of them didn't. And so it was like really difficult to find. And so then finally we're like, you know what, fuck it. We'll go to the other um, other booth that they have that's on the other side of the um, convention center and see if they can, like, describe where the fuck it is. Because, like, by this point, we're convinced that maybe they shut the other one down or something. So we make our way down there. And, like, one dude didn't even know they had another fucking booth in the the convention center. And then the other one knew but didn't know exactly, like, where it was. And then, finally, the lady that had done our previous panel, the Funimation panel related to uh, some of the other anime trailers, had come up and kind of described where it was. So we make our way back over there walk around for a little bit, and we're still like, seriously? We still can't fucking find this place. And then we ended up finding it, and realized it was like a super small booth between like two other booths, and it had so much shit in front of it, because like they were doing like um, those green screen uh, kind of photos, and um, so like you just couldn't really see it. Like, you could easily walk past it. Um, anyways, did some photos, had a little bit of fun with that, um, ended up cleaning her sweet-ass purple shirts, and um, you know, walked around the convention uh, a little bit more trying to scope out like where stuff was. Um, the line for Stanley wasn't very long, so it's kind of promising if we uh, show up tomorrow to meet him. we we'll probably get that out of the way in the in the morning if we're going to do it. And uh, then we finally made it over to the merchandising area, hoping that maybe they were taking credit cards, only to find out that they still weren't. So then we had to hunt down an ATM, get some cash, and then finally buy the shirts only that uh, the gray shirt that I wanted earlier that they had in stock had been sold out, and so we both ended up getting the baseball tees. But not complaining; it was still a cool shirt. Um, and uh, shoot, what was that? Uh, what was that booth that we stopped at that had the augmented reality books? I think you have them in front of you.
1: Stanley's Kids Universe.
0: And and so this place, um, we ended up talking to a guy named John, who. Um, was, uh, with this place, the Stanley Kids Universe, and, uh, I guess they're out of, uh, Santa Monica, and they've been, um, like, in development for this stuff for, like, well over four years, and have been, uh, in, like, in the development stage for, like, the stuff that they've actually released. I think he was saying, like, for the past, like, year and a half, two years. So, um, you know, finally they have these uh, kids books out with it. You know, have an augmented reality feature. So, I mean, most of these kids books they're very affordable. Um, the paperbacks are like six dollars. Um, the hardbacks, do you recall how much the hardbacks were? I think they might have been like twice the price. Fifteen. Yeah. So, th- those were fifteen dollars. Um, but the kids books actually look like really decent kids books. I mean, if you ever go to like a Scholastic book fair. At your kid's school, and you know you're looking, you know, for a good, moderately, you know, to reasonably priced book. This would probably be one of those books that you pick up at the book fair for like five bucks. This was a six dollar book. Um, well written, nice pictures, something that your kids would enjoy. What's neat though is that not only does it have, uh, you know, not only is it this neat little kid story, but if like nowadays. Uh, you know, your, your kid has like a disconnected cell phone that they use for Wi-Fi and Internet um, or, you know, they have a tablet. You could actually use – you can actually download an app either on a phone or a tablet. And when you um, have this app open and you're reading this book, it basically supplements the book. So if you have the app pointed at this book, it makes it completely 3D. The photos, like, pop out and, like, turn into something right in front of you. It was pretty... I mean, I can't even... I can't even properly describe, like, how cool it was. I mean, really, I was super excited. And I'm not even, like, the demographic that this is aimed at. Like, I know a kid would absolutely love this. Um, You know, it almost does kind of have, like, a magical sense to it. You know, you just see this normal book laying there. You know, the 2D pages... You know, it's still a, a story that kids could enjoy. And then you pull out a tablet, which kids also love, you know, and can't, you know, seem to stop playing with, you know, playing all these freemium games, you know, and doing all these other things on their, on their tablets. But to, you know, be able to open this app and, like, you know, access a whole different dynamic of this book that you can, you know, enjoy, um, you know, on top of just the regular reading of it. It just, you know, engages more with kids and makes it fun, you know, almost to a point that it's so fun that, like, they don't necessarily, you know, feel like they're, they're learning, you know, because sometimes, you know, learning feels like it's a chore. You're trying to get your kids to learn how to read and, you know, they get frustrated, you know, because, you know, they're having some difficulty. But um, the way this app works, you open up this app, point it at the book, you know, everything goes 3D. But then it even, like, highlights the words. So, like, if you need help reading, you push that. You you press the word that's displayed, and it'll say it for you. So that, I mean, you know, if your child's wanting to read this book to themselves, and they, you know, are accessing uh, the app, and they're trying to read this book, you know, they can basically do it on their own. Because this app is going to help them... Say the word if they can't read it. Um, it was it was just really neat. Um, this guy John like really went into a lot of depth and detail um, about the fact that you know they really wanted to appeal to kids. They really wanted to make it um, you know fun, uh, you know, for kids to be able to learn. Um, you know, so fun that it doesn't feel like they're learning at all, and you know that they wanted to price it so reasonably. So that it could be put in anybody's hands. I mean, because, I mean, if they wanted to, and he brought up this point, they can make a $90 Barbie and, like, you know, do nothing for people. Or they can, you know, focus on creating, um, you know, these learning materials and toys that obviously can also benefit and entertain children while also, like, providing a level of substance that you know can further a kid's education while at the same time being engaging and fun and be at such a good price point that you know anybody can anybody can get this book and um you know so the the one book that uh he gave us was uh which one
1: um maxi and the bark in the dark
0: yeah so um you know he was nice enough to You know, let us, you know, check out that book, you know, to give to our kids. We were talking about, you know, our children. And, uh, you know, we would have bought this book whether or not he'd given it to us. I I was really impressed with the product. Totally something that, you know, you should get behind and support, you know, help that this, uh, you know, company, you know, becomes more successful in their endeavors so that they can develop, um, you know, more things. And uh, the second book, um that they had on display there was uh, like a little dinosaur book what was that one
1: dex t rex they had a lot of books already written for this though it was more than two
0: yeah so I mean we ended up getting it was about six see and I, I didn't even realize that we did get the two books and um there was another uh it was like it was a it was like a an anime and I think I actually pulled a card for that do you have that in front of you too it was like uh the Monkey King. It was like a it was a comic or an anime. It's
1: a game. It's a game,
0: and and so this is like a an augmented reality game as well, um, called The Monkey King, um, which uh, you can also access on the App Store. And this game actually looked really cool when we were watching um, the cinematic for this game. Actually, thought like it was like. I mean, even though he had told me it was a game, I was looking at it like this is a badass movie. <laughs> I I I'd almost forgotten that it was a that, that, that he'd referred to it as a game just because it looks so cool, so detailed. The graphics were, I mean, to me, clean enough that this could have passed for just an anime that like you know you would you know access on like Crunchyroll and you know give it a watch. And what's funny is like some of the characters that were in it. Like I know um, when it was listening off like some of the names that, like, you know, were people involved. One of them was Donnie Yen, which I was like, huh, you know, Donnie Yen. I mean, shit, if you don't know who Donnie Yen is, you don't watch very many uh, movies that are, like, Chinese-made. He's a huge Chinese action star, and, uh, you know, he's actually going to be playing a character in um, Star Wars, uh, the Rogue One movie, and um, if you have Netflix, watch It Man 1 or It Man 2 or even itman 3. Uh, I'd say the 1 and 2 itmans were a lot better than itman 3, but still really cool actor does badass martial arts work. Um but I mean as far as this uh, company goes, one of the things that John was showing us is he had actually had this visor on. It looked uh I wouldn't say quite like Jordy LaForge, but um
1: way too big for
0: that. Yeah, it was like it was way big. I mean, it wasn't quite that seamless. I mean, he was saying that they hope at some point to develop the glasses to a certain point where it kind of looks smooth, you know, like something Jordy would wear. That's where they're
1: hoping to go. He's
0: Right. They're
1: in very big right
0: now. And so like right yeah, right now they're they're they're, they're pretty pretty bulky. It's, you know, like a, it goes over the top of your head and you know actually like, you know, comes out, you know, a good amount um, in the front of your face with all these um you know cameras and stuff but it was pretty neat so he puts this he puts this helmet um i think amanda and i wore this and so it's another form of like an augmented reality where we're standing there we're looking around but we're able to see all this stuff that's looks like it's right in front of us and you can almost kind of interact with it to a point so like when we were looking At the booth, there was, like, what? That, like, 20-foot-tall fucking dinosaur that was, like, blowing kisses at everybody? Yeah. (laughs) There was, like, a cat, like, walking on a counter. There was a dog that had, like, a fucking helmet that was, like, barking at, like, some other little animal. And then there was a kid that was, like, you know, standing there. I I can't remember what the little girl was doing, but there was, like, a kid that was... Yeah, like, throwing a peace sign, you know, like, behind the booth. And then, um... There was even a, a character, Stan Lee, kind of over in the corner that was, like, standing there looking around. And he's like, oh, yeah, go ahead and wave at him. So I waved at him. <laughs> and it, Stan Lee actually waved back. It was it was really neat, um, you know, the with the amount of stuff that they've developed in I, what I would say is actually, like, a pretty small window. And so, again, um, I was really impressed with a lot of the products and stuff that they had. Um there at their booth uh, Like I said we ended up picking up the two books so obviously we're going to download the app And um, you know We'll probably end up uh, Checking out the uh, video game Because our kids totally into games And would probably like this one um, And you know see what else they have You know coming up See what else they have in store um, We'll probably even end up going to Santa Monica To check out some of the other stuff That they have in development So um, as far as that goes, after we left um, that booth, was there any other booth that stuck out? I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time on the sales on on the floor today, but was there anything that you can recall that was like worth mentioning before we move on?
1: No, because we didn't really get to look at anything.
0: Yeah, I will agree with that. So then, um, after we were done, we ended up going back upstairs um, to uh, do some more panels. We ended up going to another Funimation panel, which was actually called the Funimation Peep Show, that started at 3.30 in room 403A. And uh, this one, uh, the synopsis is, it's guaranteed to be a good time. That's oh so NSFW. Watch jiggly clips and trailers from some of the hottest Funimation titles. Don't forget to bring tissues, you know, for the nosebleeds audience participation encouraged by tweeting using the hashtag Funimation peep show you could even win some naughty prizes 18 and up bring your IDs and they weren't joking they were checking everybody's IDs at the door to make sure before you got in there that you were 18 years of age there were some people that were in there that didn't look 18 I mean if they did if they were 18 they fucking just turned 18 or they're just those unfortunate individuals that are like 21 and still look like they're fucking 10 I mean, shit, uh, Amanda here was getting kids meals up until she was, like, 22, right?
1: Yeah, I know <laughs> how that feels.
0: <laughs> so, um, this, I mean, I kind of knew what to expect. I mean, obviously, it's 18 and up. It says bring your IDs, so, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some, like, super serious, like, either gory shit or graphic shit. It says peep show, so you can assume something's it's going to be sexual. It
1: was just porn.
0: It was fucking porn. Like, I mean, do you want to go into... Detail about one or two that you might have scoped out that stick out in your mind?
1: Penguin penises.
0: And I don't recall the name of that show, but my fucking god, that was hilarious. Yeah,
1: what did they call it?
0: What do they call the penguin penis? Front tail. Front tail. These were fucking like big old buff penguins that had little tiny beaks and like looked like they had like fucking 12 inch, 12 inch fucking wieners, but <laughs> they were like tails, apparently. They look like big wieners and lots of dick innuendo. Like dick references. That's like, gross. oh I'm flaccid. And so like he had to recharge his boner basically by like squeezing on some chick's nipples. It was like totally fucking weird. Um what Most was the one it was that was weird? What was the one that I actually looked pretty decent only because it wasn't overly sexual but it also seemed a little bit violent, was um like prison school. That yeah, you like
1: that one.
0: Yeah, I thought that one actually looked pretty cool, which I um did actually want to check out. But there were some other ones that were just like it was. One of them was about a a bunch of women like lotion wrestling, like half naked, and with their panties off, and yeah, I like don't know. like smashing each other together and like triple and double teaming each other and. I mean, it got pretty fucking graphic. I mean, they were even doing, like... There was even, like, bottom cam shots where, like, it was showing, like, maximum camel toe of their underwear and stuff. Um, just, like, super graphic. Like, lots of tits bouncing, slapping together. Um, you know, girl-on-girl shit. Like, there was some boy-on-boy stuff. Uh, you know, from, like, other shows. Um... I mean, I could go on, but the thing is, is I've never seen half of these shows. Like, I'm not as big an anime fan as, like, you know, some other anime fan, um, you know, is. I mean, I've I've watch some anime, you know, I'll see something that looks good and, you know, I'll I'll give it a look. And, uh, you know, if I watch one show and then somebody's all, oh, if you like this, then you should probably go look at that. I'll check it out. But, um, never seen any of these before. And I was actually like, yeah, uh, I know it said that it was 18 up and, but, uh, yeah, it quite literally, some of it was fucking just flat out, like, pornographic. Well, well, like, one of them, one of them, this dude got, like, bit or something. Like, he had fucking, like, he was poisoned.
1: He got stabbed.
0: He got stabbed and he was fucking poisoned. This girl who's with him fucking, like takes off all of her clothes um basically sits on his fucking thing but only for like a second ends up like letting him fucking put his you know i, I mean basically uh put his wiener between her boobs and that uh
1: for the the anti-toxin crap she dumped <laughs> all over her boobs or yeah
0: and then uh I you know, jerked him off until he was finished and uh, you know, his his uh load was all over her. It was pretty graphic. And I'm just like, holy crap, like this isn't a fucking streaming service? Like you know, like could you... I don't know, I mean, hopefully there's like some sort of like fucking like parental filter, like if you have Except this
1: what kid doesn't know how to lie about their age?
0: Well, no, I'm saying, like, you know, if you were, say, able to, like, have a parental filter, like, in the app to where, obviously, like, you know, your kid can't watch anything that's, like, over a certain rating, so that if they are able to access this app, that they wouldn't be able to, like, watch those shows, because that stuff was, like, pretty graphic. Like, it wasn't even, like, we're just being prudes, and, like, you know, it was just a little bit of, like, titty jiggles and, like, you know, you know, booty wiggles. No, like, it was fucking out there. Well,
1: yeah, but I mean, like, most places are like, oh, you have to be 18, and you're your birthday. Yeah, yeah, oh, I know.
0: Oh, can figure that out? All right. I mean, if they wanted to, I mean, yeah, I get that. Um, but, I mean, it's still, it, it was a lot of fun. Like, there were some that were just kind of like, uh, that one looks super lame. Like, there was one that, like, there was so much going on, that like, I could not even follow the show at all. Like, it was so busy, and there was, like, so much just colors flashing, and, like, like segues into other stuff like i couldn't even follow it like i was like i don't even know what the fuck i just watched um but there were like there were some there were some animes that actually looked pretty cool like i said the the one that was like prison school i thought was super cool um so i don't know that was pretty much the only one i can think of that stuck out in my mind as far as ones i wanted to see i think that was one other but i just can't recall the title um they actually played a ton of these trailers similar to their, pre- uh, their previous uh, Funimation uh, panel. So I, mean, I guess typically they actually do this show like super late at night, like at like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And so people, you know, show up and are a lot more rowdy and that kind of thing. And because um, Stanley's LA Comic Con is only open till a certain time, they just did it at the latest time possible, which was 5. Because by the time it was done, like pretty much the convention was closing. So um, there was that uh, Maybe it would have been more fun tonight, I don't know I, I don't think it would have made a difference for us personally But um They didn't
1: do it at 5 though It was like at 3 She said it like 3 times She said it was at 3.30 Uh
0: uh-huh. Mhm. Oh it was 3.30 Lol Whatever Don't correct me I'm always right because I'm a man Anyway. Yeah, I yeah. know. So, still, it was fun. I mean, I guess if you haven't been to one of those fucking Funimation peep shows and there's one that uh, ends up coming to a convention that uh, you want to go to, check it out. Um, so, with the last panel that we end up going to, we actually had almost left the convention at this point, but I actually scoped this out, and it seemed like it would probably be fun. Um, luckily, we did end up going to this. It was called Collider's Movie Trivia Schmodown. Uh, this one started at five o'clock and it was in room three hundred six AB. It's Collider's hit trivia show comes to LA Comic Con. Fans will hear from participants in the trivia league, and then two fans will participate for a chance to take on Collider's competitive or uh, coll- Collider's uh, competitor live. Um, participants were John Rocha, Mark Riley, John Campia, Clark Wolf, Sam Levin, Robert Butler, Josh Tapia, Jeff Schneider. Dan Merle with the moderators Kristen Harleff, and Mark Ellis, and they all showed up. Even people that were not supposed to show up did show up, and even people they thought um, that were pretty sure were gonna show up, they showed up. I mean, there were a fuckload of people. Not enough seats. People were stacked on top of people. There were like four people to a microphone. There was a whole lot of shit going on. And pretty much like this is like a movie trivia league, um, and it has like to do with like every sort of movie trivia. And uh, this uh, Schmodown apparently is getting more popular. And, uh, you know, they basically have leagues where, like, people can qualify to, like, you know, basically like a title shot. And, like, you actually win, like, a little legit belt. And it looks like a a UFC belt or something like that. It looked pretty neat. Um, But uh, it looked fun. And so these two guys were, like, normal dudes that had qualified to basically, like, show up. And, like, test their metal, like, one-on-one against each other for a chance to, like, play against one of the, um, you know, actual Collider uh, competitors. Um, Both of them were pretty terrible. They, like, they're like, this dude started with zero points, and then this dude matches him with zero points. And then this other guy finally gets one point on the board, and this other dude, you know, ends up getting, like, two points on the board. And, like, you know, it's basically, like, it was a super low-scoring game other dude wins by like one fucking point and uh then the person they have to go up against is like the fucking champ. Like he's like the best dude out of all of them and just fucking annihilates him. What was funny though is that this dude that actually like got some of the he actually got some like super easy questions. Like I would say that each of those guys like before, you know, when they were in their main con- the you know before the main competition, they got super easy questions and still still miss them. Uh, I mean, there were ones that me and Amanda are looking at each other like, "Oh my god!" But uh, you know, like they had said, there were you know there were times where they competed, and there were people that would be like, "Oh my god, I could totally beat this dude! Like, I can totally beat this dude!" You know, but then like you know, this was these people had basically said the same thing, and uh, you know, so they show up, and. They sucked, and I think to Amanda's point, she basically just thought they choked. Probably not necessarily they didn't know the answers. It's just like there's all these fucking people watching. Everybody's hyped up. It's like people are taking photographs. People, there's like they're actually recording this live. the you know, hecklers. They're, I mean, there's yeah, they're streaming it out, and you know they're up front in the panel and they're getting put on the spot with like. With hecklers. Yeah, hecklers and <laughs> like, 10 seconds on the clock to, like, answer a semi-difficult trivia question that's basically on a random topic that you have no idea what it's going to be. Um, but, you know, they choked. And so, you know, in hindsight, like, I wasn't up there sitting up there. You know, I mean, yeah, I knew the answers to those questions, but, you know, maybe if I was up there, I would have got something different, and I would have fucking choked just like they did. Um, but still, you know, they gave it their best shot, and... And that actually was interesting enough and fun enough, you know, compared to some of the other panels as far as, like, just, like, overall being engaging and, like, entertaining. The people were really funny. Um, that I'm actually gonna start following these guys. This whole little Colliders movie trivia-ish down, Um, and, uh, you know, maybe even participate. I know a fuckload of movie trivia. Um, I don't know if I'm as good as these dudes, but, you know, I guess we'll find out. Um, so, uh... After that, um, we ended up leaving the convention. We were fucking starving, and uh, we went to a restaurant called the Kula Revolving uh, Sushi Bar, which is like obviously one of those sushi bars that has all the little plates on a conveyor belt. Totally dig those. Um, We'd never been to that one before, and uh, like the plates were like. $2.50 a piece, totally reasonably priced and like the... 2 Yeah, two twenty-five a piece and like it was super good. I mean, I mean this doesn't have anything to do with the convention necessarily, but to finish out our day, we wanted to eat some delicious foods and this place was on fucking point. The sushi was super fresh, was totally delicious, reasonably priced, but it was so good that the wait was fucking long. I think we... <laughs> It was like an hour and forty minute wait; like it was crazy long, but uh, it was worth it. So, I mean, I guess if you end up finding yourself out this way to go to Stan Lee's Comic Con or any other com- any other con for that matter, and you're like, "Oh, I feel like sushi," or you know, Japanese, give this fucking place a give this place a um, a chance because it was amazing. So um, that pretty much wraps up um, this uh, episode of our podcast um this is basically part one of two um because we'll be doing another podcast on sundays uh or tomorrow's adventures of uh you know sunday there at uh, la comic-con so um this has been uh episode 38 um a lot longer than our typical podcast um Thank you for listening. I'm Jesse. And here with Amanda who's fallen asleep.
1: I'm tired. I woke <laughs> up early.
0: Yeah. You know, women, they got to wake up two hours early to dry their hair and shit. So, uh, we're going to get to bed because we got a long day tomorrow. Um, but uh, thank you for listening. Episode 38. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye.